are now entering the Brooks. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello, you're on the bright side with Kevin and Jason, your weekly comedy about tragedy. I'm your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm your other co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. Jason is coming to us from jolly old England today. (laughs) Attempting anyway, as I'm not an expert at dialects. It came across, no problem, no problem. (laughs) Chip, chip, cheerio. Cheerio, pip, pip. All right, so welcome to The Bright Side. It's great to see you. How are you doing, Jason? I'm good. How are you? Oh, real good, real good. Just enjoying the new world order a little bit. You mean not waking up every day with a feeling of dread in your stomach because you're not sure what shit is hitting the fan? But also not going to bed each day with a horrible sense of dread (laughs) as a sort of weighted blanket above me, too. So there's that as well. It's time to sleep. I feel dread. It's time to wake up. I feel dread. It's time for lunch. I feel dread. (laughs) Oh, my old friend, Dread. Yes, you've met. (laughs) Have you seen um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? I have, yes. You know that when she sings about the darkness and uh-huh. it's her old friend? Yeah. That's how I feel about the dread. <laughs> oh, so you kind of miss the, you have nostalgia for the last four years? Oh, fuck that. No. no the dread no. can jump off a cliff. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's it's like, a, you know, it's, I'm getting back to feeling like I can walk around in the world without that. And that feels good. I love this. Yeah. So more people need to be in jail before it fully goes away. But then. <laughs> we're on our way. We're yeah, on our we're way. On our way. So, uh, good. It's good to see you again, and uh, I think we should uh, jump in, right? Because you said we had some th- something of a wild topic. <laughs> so It's so wild. <laughs> okay, so I want to dispense with this frivolous good news that I have for us uh, real quick, okay? So the bright spot, shall we? Yes. All right. The bright spot this week happened in Oregon, which is unusual that a bright spot comes from such an overcast place, especially as it did this week on Tuesday during a snowstorm. Did you hear any about this at all? So there's a snowstorm in Portland and or in Oregon and Josephine County Public Health Director Michael Weber and 20 of his colleagues on an inoculation crew that had been going around to different places in Oregon and distributing the vaccine. They got stuck in a blizzard in a traffic jam behind an accident. Right. Oh, these people had six doses left of vaccine that were about to reach their six-hour shelf life, okay? And they were not going to be able to get them back to refreeze them in time uh, because they were stuck in this traffic jam. So Michael Weber and his colleagues went out of their cars in a traffic jam and started to distribute the vaccines to people who were also stuck in the traffic jam. (laughs) I mean... If you got to get stuck in a traffic jam in a blizzard, the best yeah, thing get to do stuck is have in a vaccine. The arm yeah. <laughs> with a vaccine while stuck in the traffic jam. Yeah. So, unsuspecting people who wanted the vaccine, they were like going around knocking on windows of cars and six different people, they used all the vaccine doses that they had in people who were excited to get it, you know. So, a couple of stories from from that was one person was so excited he stripped his uh, shirt off in a blizzard. <laughs> to get the vaccine, you know, and, and, and the nurse was like, uh, you just need to lift your arms, sir. But thanks. 
He's like, I will be naked for this. <laughs> oh, I'm naked for all my vaccines. Yeah. I'm going to expose my butt cheeks. I don't care where you're sticking me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another woman. So one woman had, because of the snowstorm, missed her scheduled appointment to get the vaccine. <gasps> and then fucking got it in the traffic jam, right? And in a nod to medical responsibility and professionalism, there was an ambulance on site that was part of the inoculation crew that was there to deal with any allergic reactions if they should arise. So they didn't do this without oversight. <laughs> you're stuck in a blizzard. Here's a vaccine. <laughs> now you're dead. Yeah, exactly. Good luck, I guess. You know, so yeah. But no, they did have the proper medical like observation in place as well so that nobody I love would, that. Yeah. That's the bright spot because it's amazing. I don't think that many people have had an allergic reaction. I feel like it's been like five people total. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I had my first dose of the vaccine on <gasps> I Friday. I didn't. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's news. I had my first dose of the vaccine on Friday. And I've had, you know, I've had little aches and I've had little, you know, headaches and back aches and stuff. Uh, I don't know that they're related and I don't know that they're unrelated. So it's hard to call them de definite side effects. But whatever it is, it's far, far far worth it yeah you know? well, and also all of those aches and stuff are actually a sign that it, your body is working and creating sure. the antibodies absolutely so it's it's a like if you get the vaccine you don't feel nothing mm -hmm. i'd be a little more nervous i'd be like oh sugar no. water oh no <laughs> <laughs> not again i'm hyper and i'm not immune <laughs> i am neither immune nor amused <laughs> so yeah that's our bright spot because i think it was a wonderful thing you know and then they used because these doses that would otherwise have gone to waste were are now you know tucked away in the arms and creating little antibodies and working away in the citizens of oregon and uh yeah that's what i have for that so now your turn teach me about something weird are you ready for this i don't know you know what? Nobody. I'm going to say yes. I'm throwing my cap over the wall. I'm going to say yes. I'm prepared for whatever you might throw at me. Okay. Famous last words. Wives. Am I right? Uh, I want this to be like polygamy related. Cool. <laughs> like <laughs> seven wives. It's crazy, right? Go ahead. Stick them up. Okay. Go ahead. I surrender. Um, this is... Very clearly, the case of the polygamist family where the wives all banded together to rob their husband. That's right. Okay. We're going to talk about the infamous tale of 70-year-old Lawrence J. Ripple, who robbed a bank to avoid his wife. Robbed a bank to avoid his wife? I yeah. have to know more. I have to know more. So, Lawrence John Ripple was a man who followed the law from the time he was born until September of 2016. Where he just couldn't put up with the nagging anymore. Okay. He was married to his wife and had four stepchildren with her. So she came to the marriage with four kids. Okay. So he's the second husband. I'm, uh -huh. I don't know if she's the first wife or second wife. All I know is that she was previously married in some fashion, had four babies. They're uh -huh. now his babies. Okay, and that ended, right, they're a blended family. Yeah, and in okay. fact, he was happily married to his wife. They had a very happy, healthy relationship Great. until September oh. of 2016. 
Okay, what happened in September of 2016? Ah, she was she was going to vote for Trump, and he just couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> I I doubt that it was going to be her over him. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you never know with people. Based on stats. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, so it actually we have to go back a little further before 2016. So I had a feeling because I mean these kinds of things brew. You don't just wake up one day and there's you know she she used all the coffee creamer and you, there's none left for you and then you decide to rob a bank to go to jail to get rid of her <laughs> to be rid of her. <laughs> oh, but that just that reminds me. Okay, so he robbed a bank in order to be rid of his wife. So there's, I feel like there's two ways that this could go. He wanted the money so he could escape, or he wanted to go to jail, and I, it, didn't, it didn't matter. I'm so, not sure. in 2015, he had a quadruple bypass heart surgery, right? Yeesh, okay. And after the surgery, I mean, he survived, obviously. No, uh, he died, and his ghost robbed the bank. <laughs> oh, you killed me, doctor. <laughs> now I must rob banks. You think I need the key? I just... Go through the walls. <laughs> the thing I don't get is like you could go through the wall, but then good luck trying to get out of the wall with the gold. Like, oh yeah, that's a shame. You, you need to just you... pick it up. You're like yes, yeah. and then you flam into the wall, and the gold Excuse gets left behind. Excuse me, could you open the door, please? <laughs> I'm robbing you. <laughs> yeah. Well, if somebody, if a ghost is carrying my like wallet or something, and it's floating in the air, and my option is open the door and let it go. I'm going to let it go. Let it go! <laughs> <laughs> you can't, but apparently that doesn't work because you can't take it with you, I heard. But apparently if you're a ghost bank robber, you can. So good for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, after the surgery, he fell into a bit of a depression. Oh. Quote from KansasCity.com. Quote, the depression remained undiagnosed and manifest as irritability. So Ripple didn't think to report his symptoms to a doctor. Oh, okay. And yeah, his As... his wife mistook it for him being a dick, too. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since your fucking heart surgery, you've been such an asshole to me, Aww. Ripple. Fuck you. <laughs> so, you know, I've heard that depression is anger turned inward, but then he reflected it and turned it back outward against his wife, so... <laughs> That's, you know, some impressive mental and emotional gymnastics. So good for him. Yeah, he's like, I'm sad that I had heart surgery. I'm sad that I'm old. Fuck my wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I can't do anymore because of these statins I'm taking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so from the time of his heart surgery since September of 2016, his depression really took a hold of him, right? Hmm. So he never got help for his ailment. I, I feel bad, and I, I really don't want to make fun of this guy. And I and I appreciate him, him turning his, his depression into just being a jerk. You know, I like that. Well, I, I am going to do that. No, go see a therapist. Fuck you. How about that? I hate the myself. Fuck of, you. The moral of the story is get help. Oh. Oh. What a good idea. <laughs> I literally just spelled it out. He didn't see a doctor or get a guy. Anyway, okay. he, he went nuts, right? So he's oh. just slowly stewing and everything. Sure. The relationship became more and more strained, and they ended up having a really big argument in September of 2016. Got it. In fact, it was such a big argument that he would write a note in front of his wife that said, quote, I have a gun. Give me your cash. And then he he basically told his wife that he's going to go to a bank and rob it 
because he'd rather be in jail than be with her. So it was jail. He doesn't even want the money to like escape to Bali or anything. He just would rather be in jail than with his wife. <laughs> There's gotta be a better way. So, but this is quick. After writing the note and telling his wife what he was doing, he went into a bank of labor in downtown Kansas City, Kansas, and handed the bank teller the note. Uh, okay. She didn't, just, like, try to stop him or anything? I think she was like, whatever, psycho. You're not going to do that or something. Wow. She's thinking, like, he, there's no way. I love that he wrote the note in front of her. This guy is the most vindictive. I love... <laughs> I mean, he's honest. He, he like, she, yeah. if... If they ever have a fight again, she can never peg him for not being honest because he's like, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write this fucking note. Watch me write it. Look at this. I have a gun. Give me money. You know what I'm going to do with the note? I'm going to rob a bank. And I like the idea that she's like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. Sure. Just like you're going to take me to Tahiti. <laughs> sure. Just like you're going to take out the trash. Yeah. Like I've been asking for two weeks. I clean. I do the laundry. The least you could do is the trash. I haven't seen the remote in three and a half weeks. <laughs> so, tragic fight, right? Sure. So, he hands the note to the teller, right? Okay. And the teller, she immediately handed over $2,924 to Lawrence. She's okay. like, here's your fucking money. Goodbye. <laughs> I like this. This is the way to deal with it. You don't know if this is a joke or not. You don't know if this is a, a real thing, but it's not your money. It's insured. You know, don't yeah, play with that- your life. That's the thing. The money in the bank is insured and like you can replace dollars. You cannot replace a life. So if he has a gun and he well, shoots Well, I mean you, you can if you're if you're, you know, if you have semen and a womb and wait, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but if you have okay, when a man and a woman love each other very much or um two men or two women have money and love children and want to go to um, an adoption agency or ba- um, bank of sperm bank. <clears throat> uh, science. I'm just watching you flounder, and it's mm-hmm. giving me such joy. Well, good. That's what I'm here for. That's what. That's the function I <laughs> fulfill in most of my interactions <laughs> and relationships. So you're welcome. The function that you fill is to just flounder around people. and be watched while I do it. Yes, oh, to give joy. That's no. how I give joy, Jason. All right, we all have love languages. <laughs> My love language is laughing at people who fall and baking stuff for them. And knowing that about you, I do that. I fall for you. <laughs> I falter. I'm, oh. I fuck up for you because I love you. Oh, I love you too. You're welcome. I'm curious to if you have an idea as to what Lawrence John Ripple did once he scored that $2,924. He went to the middle of the bank floor and laid down and waited for police to arrive that's right yeah yeah it is he waited well he he, didn't lie down yeah he went to the lobby of the bank and sat down and waited fuck yeah and he actually started having a conversation with the bank's security guard to expedite things and ripple would say ripple would say quote i'm the guy you're looking for and the security guard's Uh, like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) Okay. Well done, security guard who doesn't know you just got robbed. <laughs> and, so, and so 
the guard was like, uh, what? And Ripple's like, I stole this money from this bank right now. Yeah. And so the guard apprehended Ripple and took back the $2,924, gave it back to the teller, who then put it back into the bank. Great job, Jared. <laughs> Real good. <laughs> Employee of the month. <laughs> He's so good at apprehending villains who tell him that they just robbed the bank. Good job. Yeah. So... After that, the police and the FBI were called, and they all showed up. They're like, "What the fuck is happening?" This a bank is amazing. Ro- <laughs> the guy, this guy is—he really went over the edge. He just hit his limit. I love it. Like, <laughs> I love this because every marriage has a moment where you're like, "I need to be out of here right now." You know what I'm saying? But this guy, this guy fucking did it. That's the American <laughs> spirit. <laughs> so the FBI and the police get there, right? And they yeah. search him. They end up searching him for a gun. They didn't find anything. No, they found... <laughs> There's no gun, no money. They found nail <laughs> nail clippers and a hairbrush. <laughs> Which, you know, can do some damage. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so he was then arrested officially. Okay. The charge was, we're not exactly sure. <laughs> After hearing his rights and speaking with the police, he basically told them everything about how he was feeling about his wife and how he wanted to escape his marriage and everything. They ended up charging him with one federal count of bank robbery because he did technically commit robbery. Okay. So. All right. So, yes, he did commit robbery. I think the sentence should be, you know, mandated couples counseling, but maybe not. Well, we'll get there. He would wait in the Wyandotte County Jail until that Wednesday when he was released from jail on his own reconnaissance. Oh, really? Bas- basically, no, <laughs> no bail, bail for or the anything? Guy. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> He's like, but uh, what am I supposed to do? Go home? Did you not get the point? Did you not hear me? So back to his wife, he went. <laughs> oh, no. Who I'm sure had a nice roast waiting. I'm I mean, sure she, she was thrilled to see him. She definitely roasted him for sure. She's like, hello, Lawrence. Welcome home, dear. Well, welcome to hell. Yeah. You think it was bad before. <laughs> <laughs> that would be totally what I would fucking do. If that went crazy like that and then he came home, I would be like, we've only just begun. Oh, darling. Did you think you had to go to prison to be in jail? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it seems that things between them actually would work out. Oh. Um, and his wife in general. So he didn't flee the area. This is one fuck of a midlife crisis. Love it. Yeah. So in January of 2017, he would plead guilty to the crime of bank robbery. Okay. In fact, Lawrence John Ripple would be joined by his wife in court with several other family members. So everyone's supporting him. Everyone's there. Well, how do you support your husband in that? Your Honor, may I make a statement? Listen, I was being a real bitch. (laughs) I don't think that she was. I think she was. I think she was fine. I think he was the one that was a sociopath. Oh, awesome. Um, For sure. But I'm like, I'm not saying she was either. But like, that's how do you support like... How do you justify that, like, to somebody else? You'd have, oh, to, you'd have oh, to incriminate oh, oh, like yourself. <laughs> you'd be like, you'd be like, you don't understand. Like, I really flipped out about nothing. I, I was like, well, I can't even remember why we were mad anymore. I think something about the remote. I don't even know. <laughs> I said, please take out the trash. He thought I called him trash. It just escalated. It was a misunderstanding. Exactly. I said, take out the trash. He picked me up. <laughs> it's funny now. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> 
crap. <laughs> what at the time. <laughs> so, all right. So normally a person could get 37 months in prison for a bank robbery. Okay. But during his sentencing, both his attorney and the federal prosecutors would ask U.S. District Court Judge Carlos Muguia for leniency. Okay. Um, and my apologies to Carlos if I mispronounced your name. Please tweet me and tell me how to pronounce it correctly. Um, <laughs> so basically, yes, both the prosecution and the defense asked for leniency. Hi, uh, this is John Carpenter for the uh, prosecution, Your Honor. I don't know why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> I it's like I why did also, this even get to fucking trial? <laughs> well, he he did plead guilty. So and oh. and it, so if he had pled not guilty, like there was lots of negotiation in advance, but they still had to go through these kind of like official proceedings and stuff. Okay. Like a bank was robbed, insurance had to get involved. Right. Penalties anyway. Oh, okay, but this is before like they'd picked a jury out. That's good. Can you imagine being in that jury though? It'd be like <laughs> Well, it was pretty easy. Like, I'd love to be on that jury. It'd be like one day of service, and then you're free from jury duty for, I don't know, a year? <laughs> it depends. If you're in New York, it's two years. Two years? Yeah, you get two people, years. I, I know this because I served for literally an hour on a jury because I went in for the day, got selected, and then I went back the next day, and I was only on for like an hour because they like we were waiting, and then they came in. They're like, oh, by the way, they settled out of court. Oh, great. Uh, after we got the jury together. And I'm like, is it because I made fun of the defense lawyer? Like, <laughs> I openly made fun of him. And then I ended up getting selected as juror number one. <laughs> you made fun of him while being questioned? How? Okay. To be fair, I was in a sassy mood. and he, But he was asking really dumb questions. Like, really dumb. And no, you, Nobody gets to say, to be fair, I was in a sassy mood. I'd like to, I'd like to mention that. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I was in a sassy mood, and so anyway, it was a court case, and there was a, there was a, um, it was civil, I believe, and everyone's suing each other. There was five cars that got into a car crash. One of the cars was a snowplow, and there were five different attorneys on the case, and Yeesh. everyone's suing everyone, right? Uh huh. The snowplow, uh, lawyer starts asking me questions, and mind you, the first like ten people, I was like, I was gonna get on it no matter what because i was in the first 12 uh-huh. and like the first 10 people once they realized they were gonna just take the first 12 if they could start freaking out and saying things like i have a problem with this i'm biased or whatever and they all yeah. running away and i'm just sitting there being like this is gonna be fun i'm yeah. excited i'm gonna get 15 dollars a day and i can't wait i um, love it <laughs> so he starts asking me questions and he goes have you ever driven before and i go yes and he goes so you have a driver's license and i went well, that would be assumed since I've driven. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, uh, uh, so have you driven by a snowplow? And I'm like, yes, because mm-hmm. I've driven a car in the Northeast my whole life. And he right. goes, what did you do when you drove by the snowplow? And I was like, I don't know. Try not to crash into it. What do you want from me? I'm fine with snowplows. <laughs> and everyone in the room lost their shit. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and... <laughs> And he got flustered, and he's like, uh, I, I don't have any more questions for him. And what the other did you lo- do when you drove past the snowplow? I did what everybody does. I screamed my head <laughs> off until I was past it. <laughs> you just made me choke on laughter. <laughs> That's right. Choke on it. I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. Who's Damn. floundering now? Huh? Huh? <laughs> 
So, but the best part is the other uh, lawyers started laughing as well because <laughs> yeah, he just kept poking and he and he he went back to like he he asked me like twice if I had a driver's license and I was like. I'm not the I'm not the fucking defendant. Like, I'm not the not one on trial catch... here. Did you get to say I'm not the one on trial here? <laughs> no, but I I definitely after the the driving by, I like crossed my uh, my arms and leaned back and was I I felt really badass and I was just like I was like I don't know what you want me to say. I'm like, wow. I drove like a a person drives like. <laughs> you got on the jury after that. Uh, so and I'm convinced that after and mind you after I did that none of the people behind me tried to get off this case so wow. <laughs> everyone else was like we want to be on his trial <laughs> oh you were gonna be the foreman you know you're gonna be the foreman <laughs> of that one. i was so pissed i showed up the next day and they're like they settled out of court and i was like damn it <laughs> so, i mean good justice I'm, prevailed but i'm one angry man i was gonna make 12 of us <laughs> 12 <laughs> angry people <laughs> so anyway yes uh they so anyway yeah what are we what what's happening so, so they didn't Lawrence have a jury Sh- in this case they plead guilty we're back to yeah this. although i again if this had been my case i would have been so excited i would have been like yes 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 and then he pleads guilty and i would be like damn it i can't fucking be a part of this anyway oh i wanted to say guilty damn <laughs> they gave it away <laughs> so <laughs> so the prosecution and defense asked for leniency right mm-hmm the judge then sentenced Ripple on Tuesday to six months of home confinement, basically house arrest, uh-huh. after uh, all the attorneys basically cited his health issues, his remorse, and his unlikeliness to reoffend. Okay. <laughs> but also, it's a pretty ironic sentence. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I love I'm, it. I'm, you uh, <laughs> robbed a bank to get away from your wife, so the worst thing I can think to do to you is force you to be at home. <laughs> With it. your wife. Yeah. So... For six months. After that, you can go golfing or something. Yeah. <laughs> so after the lawyers agreed that Ripple was really uh, using the bank robbery as like a cry for help <laughs> and that, yeah, quote, Mr. Ripple understands what he did and he respects the law as indicated by his past behavior. So they're like, he's never been a criminal before. Sure. Which you're only a criminal if you're caught. So. Oh, Wow. What's, no, you're a criminal you if you commit a crime. a wad of cash right now? What is that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't be a criminal. God damn, this fucking country. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe I have to say this again. Don't be a criminal. I'm just saying. Don't make me come back there, country. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a problem, see a therapist. Don't rob a fucking bank. Right. Yeah, he should have been like other old white men and gone golfing. Like, to release some steam. Like, become an elk. You know? Fucking do some charity work or go day drink somewhere. Oh, oh God. Day drinking makes me so sad. <laughs> I mean, I do it, but it makes me sad. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't day drank in years. Um, <laughs> I haven't day drank in today. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> I yeah, like to keep I, sharp for this. After this, anybody's fucking dead. I'll piss her off. Yeah. I might go rob a bank. (laughs) (laughs) Most tragic thing I've ever seen is people in Vegas in the morning who didn't sleep from the night before and they're still drinking. And you're like, you're like, oh, you are having a hard day. I feel like there's no winner in Vegas at seven in the morning. 
Like, no. whether you're observing that, why the fuck are you up so early in Las Vegas? And if you're still out from the night before, you've already lost. First of all, your tone was very pointed at me. Okay. Uh, okay. Since I'm the one who wakes up early. Yeah, I like getting up early in Vegas because no one else <laughs> is awake. I don't like people. I love waking up and walking downstairs and seeing some human tragedy with my coffee. I love it. <laughs> no, I go. I like you know, to go I go to the barista the... and I say, I say, hit me. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> no, I walk around outside and I'm like, there's no one in my way. Because they're all losing their kids' college funds inside. Good for you. Or they're asleep in their hotel rooms. Oh, good. That could be true. That's true. Yeah. All right. So both sides of the uh, lawyers argued uh, that he was going to mandated counseling sessions with his wife. Look at that. And, uh, I, was, and I Ripple... could be a judge here. Look, I could either be a criminal or a judge here. I have totally clocked all the human behavior <laughs> in this story. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you. it's one or the other. You can't just be an empathetic human. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be a criminal that then the FBI uses as a consultant. That's what it is. So, so he goes to mandated counseling sessions with his wife now, and Ripple would both apologize to the bank and to the teller for his actions. He wrote her a nice note, which just traumatized her again. <laughs> He'd be quoted in... <laughs> I do not have a gun. I do not want the money. You know, I'm sorry. You gotta... I'm sorry. I can't. Don't hate me. <laughs> oh, no, that's terrible. Um, this guy, when he wrote that note, uh, Lawrence Ripple, he did not appreciate the Ripple effect. Oh, no. Ah? Uh, ah? Uh, you get uh, one one clap. Good job. I'll take it. I want validation so bad. I'll take that one <laughs> clap. No problem. Thank it's you. more than zero. Thank you. You know how you get off on watching me flounder? That's all I needed. That's all. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> he would be quoted in court saying, quote, it was not my intention to frighten her as I did. <laughs> it was simply my intention to get away from my bitch of a wife, your honor. <laughs> so he would then go on to say that he was feeling much better now that he was getting mental help and he was on medication that was bringing back his attitude before the surgery. So he's like, I feel better than ever. I, I feel like myself again. It's, uh, he got his boner back. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the underlying story here, is he lost the boner after the, uh, the surgery, and now he's got the boner back. So he got his boner back with Pfizer. <laughs> I wish that would be the, the commercial, honestly. Instead of, like, <laughs> people by a lake holding hands or rowing in a rowboat or whatever they're fucking doing. Just, you know, that would be a better tagline. Get your boner back. <laughs> you've Pfizer. seen you've seen how Stella got her groove back. <laughs> now see how Gerald got his boner back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, in addition to the 6 months of home confinement, Ripple was also given a sentence of 3 years of supervised probation. Okay. 50 hours of community service. 
a fine of $227.27 to the bank to pay back the hours of pay that the bank lost when their workers had to go home early. Okay. Basically, the the wages of the teller and the the security guard, all that stuff. And he had to pay $100 to a crime victims fund. Really? Yeah. That's adorable. Yeah. (laughs) So... The lawyers said that it would be super unusual for a bank robber to not get prison time, but that, you know, even though he robbed a bank, he didn't leave. It was, so it's kind of super unusual and he deserves some other attention to be paid, basically. Well, agreed. I mean, everything about this case is unusual. Like, usually <laughs> bank robbers do try to leave with the money, not go up to fucking Steve, the security guard, and say, excuse me, sir, I've just robbed you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guy you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you seem like a nice person, but I'm just not into you that way. I'm flattered, but uh, no. <laughs> what I would love, what I love is that the security guard is like, excuse uh, sir, I am working. I'm trying to keep this place safe. Can you please not bother me? <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea also of, oh, God, another guy who's into a uniform. <laughs> when will people see me past my fetish? <laughs> he clocked him, walking right up to him. He's like, oh, here we go again. He's looking right at me. I know what's happening. Another daddy with daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, so what's the bright side here? Hey, well, that guy is golfing and back happy with his wife again. That's nice. I think so. I don't know. I, I didn't, they didn't mention what happened after his life. I think the bright side here is that it's a victimless crime, except for the teller who can't receive a handwritten <laughs> note anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. Also, it really highlights the importance of mental health mm. um, and how we should all be seeking help if we're feeling like things aren't going well. Because sure. he thought he was just irritable, right? But in reality, it was getting worse and worse and worse. And like he really needed to see someone because sure. it wasn't just irritability. It was depression because of his surgery. And it also highlights the fact that after you have fucking massive surgery, they probably should say to you, you're very likely going to end up depressed. You should get some help. Yeah. I, I wonder if there's been better, you know, if there's you know, my, my stepfather, my stepfather, I was basically in this situation. My stepfather had bypass surgery, but then did not go rob a bank, you know. Uh, did he but, get help with his mental health or was he fine? I'm not sure, but he did. He definitely had depression afterwards. He definitely was down for a while after, you know, because there's a lot to deal with in that situation with an aging, you know, person. When you have a situation like that and you mortality comes at you fast, fast in that situation. And so that's a lot to deal with. So I hope that people do have a larger respect for how big an issue that can be. It's not just a health issue it's not just a physical health issue it is tied to so much of what we feel about ourselves and you know like you know and gray hair can do that <laughs> you know the process of uh, i i i've heard i've heard i don't know but i've heard <laughs> i started going gray at 25 so i'm yeah. i'm like yes bitch i'm a silver fox queen exactly yes you are you're gonna be that anderson cooper type oh God, fuck yeah. That's the best type. (laughs) So, yeah, but I mean, but I just mean that the process of like coming in contact and with with such clear evidence of your mortality is hard to deal with. Yeah. 
So I'm also going to say something slightly controversial in the bright side section. <gasps> um, because normally we this is where we celebrate things. But I hope that this case and getting more publicity will actually spark a dialogue about how our judicial system could be better served to communities that are normally discriminated against because Lawrence was white. And if he had been what? black, I think this probably would have played out very differently. Um, yeah. You know, it's not so, really, it's not part of this particular case, except that it's part of the entire culture. So, yeah. The reason I bring it up is that he wasn't sentenced to nothing because he should have been sentenced to something because he did commit a crime. It's like you can't like break a lamp and then go, I'm sorry, I was just having a mental health issue. Like, it, it's okay. Yes. You're white. We understand. Yeah. <laughs> but it does open the fact, the conversation to the fact that the yeah. justice system can be lenient when people want it to be and have a chance to help people with mental health issues instead of just throwing them in jail. Ah, that is very relevant. Yes. Yeah. So it, I just it it's a little controversial for it's the It's not bright controversial to we're, me. We're celebrating okay. at this point, but I, I, uh, I think we can we can. I hope the bright side is that it can it can wake people up to the fact that the justice system can be used to help people. Yeah, because because the thing is, is again, like a crime was committed, so he did need the. And honestly, the sentence fit the crime very very justifiably because again, he stayed in there. He wasn't. It wasn't like he was robbing a bank to then like buy something to then kill someone to do like it was this right. was this as you said it was kind of a victimless crime except for himself and his wife. <laughs> right yeah, um, true and he, if he were to go to jail it would put a, an additional strain on the That's jail true. system and would cost, it cost so much more than the free money that he gave back <laughs> exactly yeah and, and and that's the thing is that it's like if we spent more time in our country trying to help people in this type of situation we would be better off than just throwing them in jail well good luck with that <laughs> i'm not saying it's easy i'm just saying that the conversation needs to at least start okay and uh we have started it so our part is done good job you social warrior and <laughs> now it's up to you you listeners Go fix we it. We solved the judicial system. High five. Yes, theoretically. Yes, theoretically. Now you guys go do it. Put it into practice. Yeah. Well, so thank you for this. Uh, <laughs> that's what we got, right? Yeah. All right. I love it. I appreciate this insane story, and I appreciate these insane people. Wonderful listeners out there. Thanks for listening, as always. And yep. if you have any great leads on stories, please hit us up. I constantly scour the web and mm -hmm. i find lots of fun stuff but i really love getting referrals because i like celebrating those that give us referrals absolutely so our socials are at the end of the show you can hear them all there so make a note of that and hit us up anywhere on any of those and uh thank you again for listening and we'll see you next week see you next week bye bye Sharon, if you say one more goddamn word, I'm going to go get myself in jail. Hi. That's it. I'm going to jail. We hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just keep it to yourself or tell your diary. 
You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Brightside K and J, and on Facebook at The Brightside with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website, www.thebrightsidewithkevinandjason.com. Until next week, don't forget to look, look on, on the, the bright, bright side. side.